When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, dude? Why do you have a headache? I did ayahuasca. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think that's that why. I don't think that's why. Maybe it is. You you become more aware of your body. So yeah, I did it over the weekend. You think you always have a headache and now you're just aware of it? <laughs> Maybe I was always You just there. live in the, in the constant state of migraine? That was my experience. I was like the Hulk. I was always angry. <laughs> it's like, why are you angry? It's like, you're always you're angry. You're always angry. You <laughs> live in anger. Isn't it crazy that before ever doing ayahuasca, you would have said you never get angry? Yeah. No, and, and I mean, that's uh, that is true for, for how everyone describes the word anger in the world. I, I never get angry. Never shouted, never got violent. Never shouted, never got violent. When stuff would happen, I would take a deep breath and diffuse the situation. Very deep, deep down. Well, and diffuse and be yeah. and be effective in, in situations where tensions ran high, you know, it was like a great, probably better than I am today. I was going to say, so yeah, <laughs> so talk me through the advantage of, t- of tuning into your rage. I don't think there is one. <laughs> <laughs> You're better off repressed? No, there's, this is the whole thing. And then I, I, of, of, I think any sort of therapy or those, those choice center landmark things that people go to is people on the outside can look at it and go, you seem sadder or more, or more in touch with your sadness, more in touch with your anger. Yeah. Is this a good thing? And I see the argument against it is, is what I'm saying because now you're feeling angry. You're feeling sure. sad. But I think that there is a, a – it's a wholeness that you, that you feel, which is like this baseline of like, ugh, like all the pieces of me are like in the right place, you know, even if, yeah. they, even if they get angry and sad. So I think that it's a, it's a weird benefit. And I do think that she was talking – or the, the shaman who we went to – mentioned shadow work prior to it the idea that you are much bigger than you realize so all of the things that you think that you are whether you are smart there is a shadow side of you which is dumb if you are kind there is a shadow side of you that is vicious and particularly the things that you most strongly define yourself as are the the opposite thing you must bury the deepest Mm. and become completely unaware of even though it's just as present as any other thing in your life so when you bring it out, it can't run you from the shadows and it can't make you do subtle things. Because we talked about, you know, with me previous, how anger can come through in resentments and it can come through in passive aggression and mm-hmm. it can come through in ways that do not qualify as anger, but are nonetheless... Yeah, just being a dick in other moments. Yes. Totally unrelated. Yes. And the person receiving you being a dick is just going, Charlie's just got a biting tongue or whatever. Or it's not even... Yeah, you couldn't... you. Every the, the the psyche would conspire to make sure that it could not possibly be qualified as anger. It would come out in some sort of righteous, you know, way that you'd go, "Wow, he's really passionate about child child labor law or something." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or and I think it would come back at the person you're angry at. In not other always, ways, not always. And it can come out. It can, here's the thing: the the energy just got has to get discharged. And in fact, if you think of a lot of people, it doesn't actually often come out at the person. That is causing. Well, it seems it. like if you're going to repress all your anger and then take it out on child labor laws, that's like a good outcome. <laughs> that feels nice. Well, what happens is you are going to be less effective 
in that because if you can because you're not seeing the world as it is at that point you're 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 incapable of looking at the systemic problem what you'll see is this evil chinese government is evilly doing these evil things and they're and they're the bad guy and really what you have to deal with is some personal relationship yeah, that yeah. you have you're more effective if you can view that independent of whatever problem you have in your personal life mm. So anyway, yeah, what's the advantage? I don't know. Headaches. <laughs> <laughs> now, everybody everybody is happy and lighter after they do it. One thing that, that was interesting, because we've talked about how there's the three-part brain, right? You've got your your limbic brain and the, the brain stem and then the neocortex. And I'm sure you've had this experience where I was had taken ayahuasca <laughs> and was just sitting there. I was like, I wonder if we're going to get up now. And then it was like, it's not time. And then... Three seconds later, it's time, and I stand up. And then I go, "Is it time?" Yeah, you feel like a passenger. It's not time. You have a strong feeling, depending on how much you take, of being. I the the best analogy I can give is, I used to think that I was directing the movie. Yeah, like I was like, "Okay, cut. Okay, here we're gonna. Okay, we're gonna take this angle." And I realized the movie had already been shot, and I was doing the director's commentary yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> And it's a, it's a, I think a powerful lesson about if you are the director's commentary, you could scream about the decision that the character made in the scene before. Like, what was he thinking? Why would he do that? Or you could just relax and watch the movie. <laughs> so question, have you ever tapped into that in your actual 3D yeah. life? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, I have felt that at times on psychedelics, but then when I'm living my life, I feel like the director. I feel very in control. Yes, and there have been – it's not frequent, but I think that's what people sometimes call as flow or music sometimes takes me there. Where well, I'm not the – so I've been in flow. Yeah. When surfing, when I was fighting, yeah. even when, do, when talking to people sometimes in charisma, I'll just black out for an hour. But I'm not doing director's commentary. I'm actually not doing anything. It's just in. An it's hour, an hour yeah. passes, and I go – I do not know why these 17 people are around me, mm-hmm. or I do not know how I just tapped that guy out. Yeah. Like, you just kind of come back to being, I guess, not present mm-hmm. to doing commentary, and you go, I guess I won that. Yeah. So it's not really director's commentary for me when I'm in flow. It's it's like being so present, you you almost it's like It's it like out. the movie without director's commentary, yeah. and you're just in the scene, and it's just happening. Yeah. So that's this was different from that, and I, and I agree with what you're saying with regard to flow, where stuff just seems to... I've felt it in music where it just comes through you. Mm-hmm. It you're just it it's you are they call it one with the music. Yeah, whatever. you almost have to reflect to figure out what happened. To yes. figure out what you and played. then you wish you had it. You, on, you wish you had it on camera because <laughs> your memory is it's, is it's always bad, worse. Yeah. yeah, but it's just an interesting commentary. I do I do tend to believe, and we talked of the lack of free will to that all of the the commentary, the running, and the deliberation that I do before I make a decision. When it's time to get up and get that drink of water, I got up and got the drink of water. But yeah. when it wasn't time, I was like, it's not time. <laughs> and I just sat there. And then literally five seconds later, with no warning, was on my feet walking to get the water. Uh, so that was interesting. But no, it was, it was a challenging and, and I think hopefully worthwhile experience as it, as it usually is. Uh, Good luck. I sat this one out and I have no regrets. No, I, I don't have any about going so <laughs> lots of stuff though that i had written previous to this because my brain didn't didn't do too much podcast thinking after we started one that we've had that that just came up was we've had a number of people reach out to us uh random blast from the past recently and it's not important who or how but one of the things that i notice is a is a commonality in them and that i just wanted to share with anybody is two things one People that we knew years ago have reached out to us, oftentimes 
in their own way asking for help, sometimes very sneakily. And I've been surprised first off by how, A, willing we would be to offer Mm -hmm. help. Meaning, so if there's someone in your life that you were close to seven years ago and you send the right message, they'll help you. And that's been my experience is, I'm Dude, I have, I have a friend that I was close to from 6 to 13. Mm-hmm. That's 19 years ago. Yeah. If he shot me a text that said, hey, I know this is really random, but I'm thinking about quitting my job and starting a business. Could we chat? I'd, I'd get on the phone with him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and, and help as much as I can. Every online course that I had yeah. access to and every like, – I would be excited and happy to for the right message. Yes. What's strange is that we've gotten the wrong message yeah. a lot of times, which is – Hey, just reaching out because of XYZ. I just saw that I had your thing in my garage and I wanted to send it to you. How have you been? Two texts later. By the way, things are really rough. Yeah. <sighs> Sigh. <laughs> like, if you had just said, I'm going through something right now. And I could use I could use someone to talk to. And I know I'd, this I'd is love random. it to be you. Yeah, you'll get a yes. You'll get a yes. So that was that was my two thoughts was one for my own life. I, I definitely got the strong sense that I could reach out if I was honest about my motivations to people that I haven't spoken to in 20 years sure. and expect a response in the affirmative. Sure. And the second is <laughs> that uh, if I did it in a sneaky, duplicitous yeah. way that was just wanting to reconnect. Well, what's funny is there's this weird – when someone <clears throat> reaches out to you in a way where you mm-hmm. get the sense that there's an ulterior motive, yeah. it's very off-putting. Yeah. Weirdly enough, when they just reach out to you with the motive, yeah, it's much more comfortable because mm-hmm. you don't feel like they're trying to trick you or use you in a way that's sneaky. And so you can just decide if you want to do what they're asking. Mm-hmm. And then if it's someone you used to have a close relationship with almost always, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you get an hour of my time, no problem. Yeah. And I think what's interesting is that we probably more than, than most who, who don't have a YouTube channel or something are asked these things but are willing to, which leads me to believe that the average general population – yeah. Would reconnect. So also, isn't it interesting too that it's almost seems like it's human nature to try the sneaky route? Yeah. Because we very rarely get the direct, hey man, what's up? Yeah. Things are hard. It's almost always mm-hmm. let's try to like <laughs> warm up the water. How for, are you? Yeah. I'm I'm doing good. How are I'm you? Fine, how are you? <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things are tough. But that's not why I'm reaching out. Yeah. There is there's been a lot of that. So your twenties. You don't even have. I just had a call with my freshman year roommate. It was an hour and forty five minutes. We yeah. didn't even schedule it. He just yeah. called me. Yeah. I went. Yeah. I'm not doing much. Mm-hmm. Just picked up. And we talked. Like, it's it's. You don't have to do all the extra manipulation. And so I I've I've just been thinking for myself. I'm gonna re- if if there is somebody that I want to talk to. I'm I'm going to give myself permission based on my experience. Haven't been reached out to, even though some of these people I didn't connect with because of the way that it happened. So sure. that's that's been what I was thinking. Yeah, and I think in general, my <laughs> lesson is don't try to hide your motives. Yeah, it's this is dude. This is the issue with the friend zone. Yeah. This is people that don't get promotions they want because they just try to like manipulate them out instead of mm-hmm. asking for them. This is yeah. This, I see this in everyone's. So walks why of then? Life. Well, this is this is. This is the worth of video. We've read Radical Honesty. It's really hard to implement, but we mm-hmm. try. Why manipulate? Why? <laughs> no, is, no, I, I don't it, think it, you well, should. Is there an area where it's advantageous? Is it advantageous in the short term? Is it? Well, th- number one, people don't like conflict. So in terms of Radical Honesty, people mm-hmm. are normally very non-confrontational. We're raised, at least here in my the culture I grew up in, is very much don't rock the boat. You mm-hmm. know, don't make a scene, that kind of thing. And so a lot of people are just uncomfortable having hard conversations. So mm-hmm. radical honesty is really tough for people because they go, well, I'm going to say this and then you're not going to like hearing it. Yeah. 
And so you're going to be angry at me. Yeah. And even for a moment, that makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. And what's a skill that I had to get to is like, okay, yeah, like let's talk while we're angry. That's a good point. <laughs> well, that's a good point is, is to recognize that I think what manipulation does is it, it time crunches the process of getting what you want, which is, okay, I'll, I'll be deceitful or just not fully honest about this, but I can very quickly in the moment get the, get the positive response that I want. Versus if you go radical honesty, it's like, okay, we just opened up this can of worms process well, people that also, now needs to be worked through. Actually, you know what I just thought of also? People don't like rejection. Mm-hmm. So, they don't, so one reason that people manipulate is because they don't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. A different unrelated one is they don't like rejection. So asking for the promotion mm. directly. You might hear no, and you won't like that. And if you don't ask, you can't These hear These texts yeah. that we've been getting. Hey, how's it going? I'm going to reach out with these weird innocuous texts, even though we haven't talked in years. I didn't reject the person because they never asked. So you they can't, said, you how are you doing? I said, good, how are you? They said, not, yeah. it's hard. And I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. I, yeah. I hope it turns around for you. And what they were hoping I'd say is, oh, tell me all about why it's hard. Let's get on the phone. But they never got rejected. Got they it. never got rejected. They didn't they get said, what they want. They said but they it's didn't hard. Get rejected. And I said, I'm really sorry to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it turns around for you. And I sent a little heart emoji. <laughs> uh, and that, that's not a rejection to them. So their ego, pride, whatever you want to call it, yeah. is completely unscathed, even though what they actually wanted was to talk to me. And they didn't even ask yeah. to talk to me. Yeah. And so I think we manipulate to avoid confrontation and we manipulate to avoid rejection. And weirdly enough, we, we achieve our goals. Yeah. We don't have confrontation and we don't get rejected. Interesting. We also don't get what we, what we want. want. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we've had to learn to do, because this isn't how most people are raised is accept confrontation get really comfortable with rejection and then you're way more likely to get what you want well i think there's a third thing which you touched on which is manipulation i think is actually more effective when you're younger than when you than when you are older when you are younger you are stuck with a particular circle which is the friend that your mom puts you in touch with Mm -hmm. your mom your dad your brother and your sister and you're just placed in that family. And this might be a family where honesty just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of honesty is that it works on the net, on the aggregate. Mm-hmm. You say you're, you burn one one friendship with honesty, but you open up the possibility of a more of a truthful one. one. Yeah. And when you just have four or five people in your life, sure. it doesn't work. Sure. If you're the <laughs> only human I'm ever allowed to talk to, yeah. I'm much more scared of confrontation yeah. or rejection. When I have all of LA, yeah. <laughs> then when the world is open, yeah. much more comfortable going, anyone can reject me, anyone can hate me, mm-hmm. because there's infinite other opportunities to connect with people. And I think that's a habit that's that's worth recognizing and tough to break, which is this made sense when, in your small community back home. Sure. Now it doesn't, because you can open that community up and have better relationships mm-hmm. than you had, but the price you will pay is that the honesty that you need to have might end some of those those yeah, relationships yeah. it never did with me but radical honesty as a kid might might get you a beating yeah you know what i mean you're seven years old you need these people for food and shelter and oh it'll definitely get you a beating. 10 times your size <laughs> definitely get you, you know no there's and there's there's a degree to which you need you you have to be socialized you have to modulate your anger and your yeah radical honesty plus some charisma plus plus <laughs> and and some internal kids a radical honesty for a child is a temper tantrum yeah. <laughs> and and an adult has ways of coping and processing they can still be radically honest without pounding your fists yeah, yeah. on the ground so interesting. that's fascinating yeah so we mm-hmm. manipulate because you have to when you're in a small community and when you're young mm-hmm. we don't like rejection and we don't like confrontation i like this we've never talked about this before yeah. well i think i it's so common here's here's what we're bumping up against it doesn't work very well. And everyone's trying to do and it. And everyone is trying to do it. Yep. Why? Yep. That must, it must have worked in some way at some time towards some end, if mm-hmm. that's the case. Uh, 
And I'm certain, you know, if we had a, some horrible Y2K or whatever, manipulation might go back to being the name of the most effective game. I no longer think it is luckily for us in the world we live in, and I think for hopefully a lot of our listeners. Yeah. Uh, so worth thinking about. So anyway, that was that. What else do I got here? September 11th happened. Mm-hmm. I saw a couple of things that, that made me just reminisce. Uh, one was there was on Reddit. George Bush throwing the first pitch at Yankee Stadium after September 11th. And the headline was like, threw us a perfect heater right down the middle, right when we needed it the most. And I was alive back then, and I remember the vitriol towards George Bush back in that day. And it's been, I guess, 18 years, and it's interesting that Reddit, which at the time, I don't know that it existed, but if it had, would have been, would have been, and and you without stepping outside of the politics i mean two wars were started neither of which were the the countries that that were the nationality at least of most of the hijackers i guess they trained in afghanistan but not in iraq and two big wars happened trillions of dollars and he threw a heater right down the middle is 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 what's on reddit right now Mm. and i think it's interesting because what's on reddit right now for donald trump is hate Mm -hmm. just just you know we got to impeach this monster there's never been a monster like him but but back then if you ask the same type of person there was a monster like him so i guess it gives me two things one which i try to maintain is just you don't live in the end times you you almost never do live in the end times the the world is almost no one so far has lived (laughs) in the end times let's put it that way the guy who is leading the, the world is never the antichrist Yet, it hasn't happened. And I don't know that we actually, and this is the thing, everybody, every news station has had it, but it's been my whole life, has been trying to convince me that I live in an exceptional time. Yeah. That something strange that is happening right now that is unprecedented. It's never happened before. And there's something strange about Donald Trump or Barack Obama and now, or, or George Bush. It's just not really been the case. And then I think in 18 years, we're gonna look back at some goofy thing that Donald Trump did on Reddit and we're gonna, meme it yeah and there's going to be somebody else in power that that we hate. yeah life will have moved on no <laughs> so, one will have actually yeah created the death of all humanity yeah and so you'll have to stop being his you can't be hysterical about the past yeah that's actually interesting mm-hmm. you can't say that george bush is going to lead to the destruction of the u.s because he didn't yeah but when he is president and he is doing things you can go this is the end yeah. and then he's out and then barack obama's in you go well this is I mean, people were saying he's a, a mole for terrorist groups yeah, and yeah. he was going to take down America. And then America was just fine. You go, okay, well, he, yeah. that wasn't true. But now this time we have a Russian in, in yeah. mole and we'll just survive and just a lot of panic about the next guy. Yeah. So I guess or pers- woman or woman, the the. I think that that we've talked about this, but there's the problem is and people I'm sure right now, some of whom are going there's that's a false equivalency. Because yada, 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 and this, that, and the other thing. And I think the problem is that in George Bush, you're zoomed out. You you can only view it in terms of what happened over five, you know, what did he do in his first term? What did he do in his second term? You could probably name two or three things, mm-hmm. right? Donald Trump, you're in the 24-hour news cycle. You know three things he did this week. You know what he texted. You know what he said. You know what he like. And when you are hyper-zoomed in on something, it is impossible to compare to something which you're viewing at 3,000 miles away. It seems so much more important and significant. You know what's funny? Without without the 24-hour news, and if it weren't Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. let's just say Jeb Bush had won Mm -hmm. and done all the same policies, Mm -hmm. most people wouldn't have even noticed much of a change in their lives. 
Well, I think if, if you challenged people, many people, and, and I speak, you know, I spoke to my mom who, who is at, she's, she's, we've had conversations and is not as upset, but Donald Trump, you know, it's, it's the Thanksgiving thing. Well, everything was good until Donald Trump did X, Y, or Z. And I, I have to go, what has changed in your life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand that, that you think that things, but describe and them just to clarify, to we're not pro-Trump. No. We're anti-panic. I'm, I'm We're just saying I'm take anti a deep breath. CNN. I'm anti 24 hour yeah. news take cycle. Take a deep breath. Look at your life. Well, be I, grateful for what's good. And here's we're the, not we're not making a pro Trump statement. No, we're just no. saying there's there's I and we've mentioned this and this is why I care about this. This isn't just to say oh take a chill pill. It's to say someone's benefiting from your panic and your rage and your anger. Yeah, and you're it's being not used. you, and it's not the world. We, if you want to help, just put up another campaign for Charity Water today, same campaign, and we're trying to raise $300,000 to donate uh, to get wells in Africa to get clean water to people who don't have it. $30 gets somebody mm-hmm. 10 years of clean water. If you want to help, there's ways to help in the world, and, and being angry is not the most effective. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of what I'm saying is if you don't let – the news cycle co-opt your emotions you can be more effective in your life and for the world i think Mm -hmm. oftentimes people think you know what yes it makes me angry but that fuel is what we need to get stuff done and i then they don't do anything (laughs) it it they argue or they they and i think what you need to do is zoom out and say okay what has been the effect of my past year of emotional response on the world in a quantifiable way yeah and you know, lives saved, people helped, hands held, whatever laws, it is. Laws changed. Laws changed. You know? uh, and and try to be if if not, you don't you have care to do about any it, of this. Go, if you care, only if you, if care, you care about it, you go, don't care. My sister flew to D.C. Yeah. to try to make a small change to legislation mm-hmm. to be there and be present. She she is absolutely allowed to talk about and yeah. research that issue and to her heart's content. Sure, because I, you know she's trying to actually enact change. Mm-hmm. But that's what everyone could do if you can't afford a flight. You can organize a, an actual group thing in your area. You can do mm-hmm. something besides yell at people who don't believe what you believe. And and all that I would suggest is, I, going back to the George Bush thing, is zoom out. Zoom out and look at it at least in in increments of years. And look at your own impact on the year and look at – and that that's a really useful way to do it rather than being hyper-reactive to the daily mm-hmm. news cycle, which – is you're just watching their advertisers. You're just making money mm-hmm. for CNN and then buying Procter and Gamble products. <laughs> and that's that's the whole game. And while you stay in in your job that you think you need to buy products, you know, then it all comes back. I do believe that it all comes back to consumerism. consumerism. I think that it all drives a cycle of feeling empty and needing to solve inner problems with external. What purchases. was the book that had two minutes of hate? That was 1984. 1984. And what was the what was the Brave. at the time fictional story there? Pan China. There was no, no. Three. But the government would control people by giving them two minutes of hate. Right. The, one what of the things the that it would, it would that it would it was a very top down organizational thing where you were in the, you were like in the party kind of uh, at at various levels, and that they controlled people with two minutes of hate and telling them the, all this propaganda about the Russians and the Chinese. And then you'd go and you'd rage and you'd rage and you'd rage, mm-hmm. and then you'd go back to being a cog. And right? 
And if you fought it enough, you would be co-opted and become a high order person in the government. That's how it ends. It ends with his, you know, he's rehabilitated. If you fight against the... They will co-opt you and put you in a position of leadership in this new... Like, it, like the machine will take you and not, not just you, bury if you. If you rebel against the machine... Yeah. They quiet you by Spoiler alert. You in the machine. <laughs> I never read it. It's been out for a while. Yeah, it's been out for a while. No, it's been a while. They 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 have him do his fears. They the one thing that that is interesting. It's been a long time since I've read it, but there's this idea that it's his love of this woman that could be the one thing that that gets him out of it. And in the end, they have – he's terrified of, I think, mice, and they put him in a cage with a mouse running at him. And he declares – that this could be completely wrong. Or I'm going off of memory that, – that he doesn't care about her anymore. You know, whatever, please get me out of this. And it's, it's in breaking his love that they, they break him. It, and it's in separating his connection to another human being that they're able – then he just, you know, he sits and sips coffee. And he's in the high status of, of this new government. Uh, and I think it's poignant. I think. When was that written? What a good story. Yeah, it was. It was. I guess it was George Orwell, 30s or 40s or 50s. Yeah, I don't know. someone should go listen to that on Audible. <laughs> charisma. charisma. Well, the other thing September 11th related. <laughs> I'm such a shill. Is uh, the other thing September 11th related is that? So I w- also on Reddit. I thought it was just fascinating. What a different world. September 12th. England played the U.S. national anthem mm-hmm. at Buckingham Palace yeah, or yeah. something. And I presume some of them were Americans, but English people were in tears. And, yeah. I mean, gosh, we were the – everyone loved us. Well, that's <laughs> not true. Not everyone, but but there was a – there was a – More people more than today. More consensus. Sure, not everyone. But there was – there we had just been punched and – Oh, sorry. You don't mean in 2010. You no, mean on, I mean gotcha. in you mean on on September 12th, 2011. 2011. Oh, sorry. Did I say that? Yes. Yeah, so on 2001, September 12th. Or 2000, yeah. There was just – there was a a there was a mandate. There was a there was a potential for for something. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's just not – We took all that goodwill. Uh, we just lit it on fire. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. It seems like it. I don't really have much to say other than that. I was just shocked at how different it felt when, you know, we are all Americans. That was, whoa, that's a far cry from what I experience anymore, or at least what I see on social media. That's the other thing, because what I experience on social media is a big, fat lie. You know what's funny? This this is a real quick point, but I was living abroad in 2007, I think it was, and the reputation was that France didn't like the U.S. and French people didn't like yeah. the United States citizens. And when you travel abroad in Europe, you should say you're Canadian. Mm-hmm. And I went to France with a buddy with nowhere to stay and no plans and a backpack. And everyone was so absolutely lovely to us. And we said we were Americans and we didn't hide it. And it was totally fine. And it just made me realize that your government interaction and your people interaction yeah. is totally different. We get this with fans or the guy we hired who's Syrian who was embarrassed to say this. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, people often just accept that you're a person. Yeah. You're, you're not actually hated because of where you live or were born yeah. by most people. I just thought that was fascinating because at the time I thought I was going to get to France and get egged for being American. Yeah, that's it's it's why I try to stay off. I mean, Reddit gives me stuff to talk about here, mm-hmm. but quite frankly, I'd probably be better served to not have any idea and just live in the world that I live in yeah. because that's that's more honest. So 
F transition. <laughs> the the one question I wanted to ask you, what we we talked about this. You spoke to someone who was talking to us about doing a different sort of sales funnel. And one of the things he said was if you do a webinar, one of the ways that you get people to buy on the webinar is by offering a bonus that is exclusive to that webinar. Mm-hmm. And you said, so we have this Charisma University course, you're going to give them a bonus. And you said, okay, but what about the people who buy on our website? Yeah. And he said. Well, because the question, you don't want to have, you don't want to have people that are paying the same price and then getting upset because they didn't get the bonus. different things. Yeah. And he said, don't worry, you don't advertise the bonus on the website, but you give it to them so they get it. So what they get is equal and you tell the people on the webinar that this is the only place they can get the bonus. Yep. And you said, but that's a lie. Yep. And he said, but no one's going to complain because everyone's getting the bonus. It's not a problem. And so what I wanted to ask you, and we just stopped the conversation there because we are in agreement, but it's worth re- revisiting. Why not lie? Mm-hmm. Why not? Uh, I mean, I don't know that this is the best business decision, honestly, profit-wise. I would say I like to operate a business that could be fully transparent. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to go on Oprah or Ellen and have them ask me questions and then be able to answer honestly and not have people watching feeling deceived. Yeah. Also for my own life, I read six pillars of self-esteem and it talks about even when lying is good for you in the results short term, right? Even if it does get you more money or more dates or whatever, it erodes your own acceptance of yourself because mm-hmm. you've decided that the truth is not good enough <laughs> yeah. and therefore you're not good enough. And so lying actually is a one-way ticket to low self-esteem and low confidence. And I think that at the end of the day, I'll be happier with, with high money. with high confidence, <laughs> high integrity, and less money. Yeah, fewer sales. I, I really think I really think we would sell more Chris oh, University sure. memberships sure. if we followed this guy's advice. Of course, that's that's a, that's a given. Yeah, that's a hundred percent. So it's not yeah, it's not that I think I'm superior in business or anything like that. I just the juice isn't worth the squeeze to me because I think my own happiness is very impacted by my own self-esteem, and my self-esteem. I was convinced by this book is eroded by mm-hmm. any time that you say the truth isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm going to lie. Yeah. So that's my thought. What's your thought? I think it's all true. I think there's what I heard in him was one of the things that self-interest does is it distorts your perception of the world. And when, mm. when everybody is self-interested and we can agree on distorted perceptions of the world, that doesn't mean that the distortion isn't occurring. So for example, he says, this is good for everyone. Everyone's happy. And I think what's easy for him to overlook and miss is there was somebody on that webinar that did not want to buy under the honest circumstances. Mm. And you convinced them to buy. Mm-hmm. And you, then he goes, well, I believe in my course. And he goes, well, you could, A, do you not believe in other people's books or other people's courses? Yours is the greatest thing out there. There's this whole self-serving machinery that mm. kicks into gear that this is good for the world. What I'm doing is good for people, and that's why I'm and doing it. And you have to it. believe it in order to aggressively sell what you are selling. Well, and when you make, when you make that self-interest so central, you cannot see the world. And what I think, and again, he I pass a polygraph to be clear. Hundred percent, he believes exactly what he's saying. It's self-deception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I don't even mean to be. I would love to talk to him, and I, I he seems like someone I would be friends with or get along with. I even, quite like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not even a, a, a knock. This is occurring in me and it's occurring in everyone and it's easy to see in other people so it's easy to break apart i think that's worth saying yeah everyone yeah even us with our best of intentions and even any person watching this regardless of how hard they try is going to do this yes and And it's it's a matter of degrees you can try to mm -hmm. fight the degrees but it is impossible not to be biased by your own self-interest at some level sure sure i mean you're a biological machine whose number one is is hell-bent on survival 
And if the truth doesn't support what you perceive as your ability to survive, you will just go, don't need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I need is to keep going. And if I think I need more money, I don't need the truth. That, that comes second. So I think what it what it in terms of morality, you could argue, okay, you're actually not necessarily helping these people. You could be hurting these people. That money could be better spent elsewhere when with an honest pitch that was more mm-hmm. tailored to them. But beyond that, you've set up a system whereby you distort the world to get what you think you need. And maybe what you think you need, in this case, you think you need more money, you think you need more sales, you think they need to buy it, maybe that's not what you really need. And if you could step outside of your own self-interest for long enough to ask the question, what do I really need? The answer might not be more money and more sales. In Mm. fact, I think it obviously isn't. And that comes back. What do you need is perhaps higher self-esteem, a greater feeling of of self-love and and happiness in in the way. Self-acceptance. Exactly. And I think a lot of really successful people are fueled by a lack of self-acceptance. They they don't think they're good enough. Sure. And what they've decided is that when they have a certain amount of money, then they will have been a success in their mind. And what I've noticed with these people is as soon as they get the money, the number just goes up. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, well, you know what? The five, like I thought five mil would be good, but what I need is 20 mil. Yeah. And at the end of the day, funny enough, what they are searching for is just a sense inside themselves that they're okay and worthy of love and have been successful. But they can't admit that, right? Because the white lie, the nobody gets hurt lie, throws an entire distortion on their entire thing of viewing the world whereby they when you lie you presume that you know what you need right that that's the thing because you have an end in mind and you're trying to get to that end if you could tell the truth it might expose you to something you holy crap that wasn't very important well, some, I, I've done this, by, the, <laughs> like, by the way i've done this um but a lot of times people's identity gets in the way too so like yeah. i was doing open relationships mm-hmm. and you used to ask me hey if I could find a hypnotist who would hypnotize you so that you would be extremely happy in a monogamous relationship, yeah, yeah. would you want to do that? And it always made me really uncomfortable because I'm like, I know the right answer <laughs> is yes, but I don't like it. Yeah. And I think that for these people, it's the same thing. We, we talked to a guy, really successful business guy. I actually, I uh, hope to work with him, but we were talking about ayahuasca and he said, oh, I'm really scared to go to ayahuasca. We said, oh, why? He said, well, I'm afraid that if I went, it would make me want to work less, mm-hmm. which is so funny because I, if that is saying, I'm afraid that if I go, I'll realize that to be happier and more fulfilled, I should do less work and do more of something else. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Even I, though it'll make me happier and more fulfilled, mm-hmm. which is just so fascinating. Yeah. And I think that that happens with a lot of people with their identities. This is, I think, why there's a leap of faith that is when you do something or you try to, because I don't even want to pretend to be the paragon. When you try to do something like radical honesty, there's a leap of faith where you're like, you're clinging to status quo and you're like, I'm surviving. <laughs> and you look over and there's a different wall that's like, or not even a wall, there's a fall that's that's happiness. And you're like, it requires a leap to let go of that thing that you think you need. And he said, you know, he's like, I don't work that much, just 60 hour weeks. <laughs> you know, he used to work more than that. Yeah. How's that working out for you? All the answers uh, point in the same direction. But again, and get, just to be clear, we're all I'm, in the same boat. I'm we're the same. all in the if same you said boat. Because I really, I, I like waking up when I want to wake up, yeah. working on something I care about, having time to surf during the week. That's what I think makes me happy. Mm-hmm. If you told me I'm going to push a button, you're going to have a nine to five job. You're going to wear a suit. And you're going to be... <laughs> 10 times happier. Yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I like to think I would accept the offer. Uh-huh. But the idea of it makes me 
uncomfortable because mm -hmm. it does go against the identity I formed in the pursuit of happiness, which yeah. is the identity of an entrepreneur. Yeah. So I'm no better than these people. Yeah, we all yeah. have this. I think everyone has this this concept that they think they know what makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And they are not willing to even play a hypothetical game of, well, what if you did this? And I guaranteed you 10 times more happiness. Yeah. No, I watch, I mean, I tell, I watch actualize.org. He's an interesting YouTube channel that, that has begun spirituality and meditation. And I watched one on survival that is, has got me pretty convinced that that's, that's the ultimate distortion. You mentioned identity. If you identify, like survival occurs on a number of different levels. There's your physical survival, but there's also your your concept of yourself. Your mm -hmm. self-concept wants to survive into the future. Mm -hmm. And things that hurt or kill your self-concept are treated as a death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is the degree to which you will resist them. Somebody tells you you can be happy, but you have to die. Yeah. You go, no, 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 no. Like yeah. not even, don't even want to smell that, not interested. Yeah. So I think the point of what, you know, meditation, talking about these sorts of things, psychedelics is to release hold on these rigid identity structures and realize that there is survival after you're not an entrepreneur or not working 60 hours a week or not really wealthy or not mm. whatever it is that, that you think that you are. Um, which is, yeah, that's why I'm going to probably keep doing ayahuasca even though it's hard. <laughs> it's you think? I thought you were never going back. I'll go back eventually. I mean, I when, I, when you're, the day, when you're, you're under the, day, the influence. The day after I called you, you and you said, I'm never going back. No, when you're under the influence. It's so hard. I'm never you going are, back. You forget it afterwards, but you just, I make so many promises to myself, swearing yep, up and never, down. Ever, ever, never again. Never, never again. I wrote it down. The one thing, I had a notebook. I wrote, I wrote take less. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I don't, I've got a couple other long yeah, let's, things. Yeah, let's rip it. Let's it's rip been it. heavy. We'll, we'll do some no, other stuff. Good. I'm enjoying this. All right. So there was this one is a long one. Somebody wrote about Sam Harris. We talked about moral relativity and they said that I had that I had mischaracterized his point. Uh, I don't even have the whole thing. So I'll try to I'll try to capture it that his point of Sam. So we talked about relativity and morality. And, sure. and generally speaking, if you didn't watch the last podcast, there's there's. On the one extreme, absolute morality that says that there are ways of conduct that are better, period, for all humans, regardless of what your culture may tell you. And these can be accessed via reason or some other thing. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's moral relativity, which says this is a completely human construct. One is not better than the other when viewed from outside of that human perspective. We can argue with each other. Uh, and we can kill each other. And we can win. And we can enforce a morality. But that doesn't make anyone better. And so I was talking about moral relativity, and this person says that I mischaracterized Sam Harris because what he talks about are moral peaks and valleys, which is not that there is any one absolute perfect morality, but that if you scan what he calls the landscape, you can see that certain things are more desirable than others, uh, and that a reasonable person can see this. Now, if that is, in fact, a fair description of what Sam thinks, I still would... Uh, defend my my idea that of moral relativity which is a reasonable person <laughs> yeah, yeah you're just defining a reasonable person as someone with your cultural values exactly and that and that i don't know 
and that there was another that you know that this uh, what is that to say is he just assuming anyone that follows a different morality is, is i think he's got unreasonable? some reasonable i i would like to talk to sam because i know that this is not fair because he yeah. is a really smart guy grab an equinox, he, he goes sometimes. to the same gym as us just grab, <laughs> i talked grab to him one time he wasn't really having it yo what's up sam <laughs> well, we've been talking about you on our podcast been talking people, major shit people think we're mischaracterizing you <laughs> we figured we'd just corner you here on the bench press <laughs> yeah. and chat it out so peaks and valleys yeah but uh, I think that there's a couple words that, that can be weasel words that can be snuck in. Well-being is one of them, you know, human well-being. Who defines what well-being is? And who says that the, hu- the individual human is the unit by which well-being should be measured? That's a, that's a Western idea, and I like it. I appreciate it. I certainly perceive sure. myself I, as an individual. I pursue it, but yeah, there's an argument to be made that it's more about the, the survival of well-being. the tribe or the yeah. whatever, and that and that individual. So I think that well-being and who it applies to is completely who says that it applies to that body or this body or that body. Why shouldn't it apply to a collective? Why shouldn't it apply to my hand? I I don't know that reason pure reason or something that we all have access to can take us there uh so i don't see i still despite that i the point well taken i think i did probably i'm sure mischaracterize sam harris i don't know that 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 mischaracterization changes my fundamental argument that i don't see a, a way around moral relativity but <clears throat> i appreciate the comment yeah i love how smart our audience is yeah people came gave us some michael jackson stuff i appreciate yeah. this comment yeah it's good so and then I, I got... watched a documentary. Actually, I'm going to toss this out in my own self-interest. <laughs> I watched a, the trailer to a movie. Game Changers. Game Changers. That has convinced me to become uh, much closer to a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And the compelling thing in the movie is actually self-interest. So yeah. whereas we gave up uh, eating beef and pork for moral reasons, even though I miss them. It just was like, this is, you know, bad. This was saying... Just for yourself, you'll have more energy, you'll recover faster, you'll be stronger. And the way they do it is they just throw NFL players, Olympic athletes, all Arnold Schwarzenegger, vegan uh, superhumans basically in your face. And I am going to try it for myself and see. But I'd love someone to come at me and tell me why vegetarian (laughs) diets are stupid. It's going to kill me. So, yeah, I'd love to know why a vegetarian diet is a bad idea for someone who is not trying to be a professional athlete. But I do like surfing and I like feeling fit and I just want energy. I want to recover good and I want or well and I just want to be able to live my life at at a high state of energy and sports basically yeah. what i thought was it and we, we did mention this is that this documentary smartly attacks your self-interest mm-hmm. it goes it doesn't take any sort of climate change stance that i saw though i would bet dimes to dollars that this is not a documentary made by people interested in optimizing well, individual it might, be for, health. it might be for animal rights it might be for for global warming but what I, we're saying is we don't think that this documentary was made by a scientist who went question and only question yeah what is the optimal diet for human performance? Yes. That's being a vegan. Yeah. They went, let's make a movie that makes people want to be vegan. Yeah. Then it's working. I'm yeah, going to yeah, give, yeah, yeah. give it the old college try. The old college try. Um, and that, that was my, and, and again, I think it's. I don't dispute that for the record. That's to me obvious. Sure. I don't know. I can't, I can't read any mind. It seems. The, but what, some but of the names, what I thought was interesting. So the Tennessee Titans NFL yeah. football team, they actually are operating under self-interest. Sure. As is every other team sure. that eats meat. But the Tennessee Titans are not trying to global warming. They're and the not Tennessee to... Titans have like 14 of 16 players on a, on a vegetarian diet. And they're yeah. just trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And to be clear, that's one team. All the other teams are eating meat trying to win a Super Bowl. So I'm not – this is why I'm saying I'm tossing this out to our 
audience of geniuses who know more about this than I do. Seriously, they know way more. Yeah. I just watched the trailer. Yeah. What am I missing or am I right? I'd love to hear opinions. Is a vegetarian diet a good idea if all you care about is waking up with energy, healing your body when it's sore and surfing well? Sure. I think I don't know the answer to that. I do I wonder when I watch that. I think that I see a an attempt to get people to quote unquote do the right thing through the mechanism of self-interest sure it's manipulation and i wonder how far that can go towards creating good in the world because we've talked about this sure. okay so let's pretend just for the sake of argument that what these producers want is that they are afraid of climate change yeah. and they think we need to stop with the cattle because of the grazing and the farting and the, the methane or whatever yeah. and in order to do that we're going to get people to stop eating so much beef mm -hmm. now here's what happens these people don't care about that issue. Sure. They care about a proxy issue, which is their own thing. So now they go, okay, what's best for me? Avocados, nuts, this, that. They start buying up avocados. There's this run demand on avocados. Yeah, yeah. California turns into a giant avocado. We burn down, we burn down <laughs> we the rainforest we burn down, so we can plant so avocados. We can plant avocados. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> and I wonder, and yeah, I'm if you sure— lie about the, If you lie about the goal, people will pursue the, the means, perceived goal. The means, yeah. yeah. And— and I think that's – I think it's still worthwhile, and I will still do it. I still – when I make my charity water pitch, I make it about you're going to feel good and you're going to do this or sure. do this for me. I don't go, hey, you got to expand your circle of care to include, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to include people you've ignorance. never met. Yeah. If you were a six-year-old and yeah. you didn't have clean water, you would want someone yeah. in their air-conditioned apartment – to give you some water. Yeah. No, that's not a – no one donates when you do that. We try. We'll put a link in the description, by the way, if you're at all uh, inspired to donate. Charitywater.org slash charisma. Yeah. And I I do that. I, yeah. I try to appeal to people's 50-yard uh, line self-interest in order to, you know, get them to yeah, where yeah. I'm aiming at, which is the, the end zone. And that can go wrong. Well, the other thing is <laughs> it, in the pursuit of this, this is actually why I posed the question and also why I'm doing it in my own – way instead of just doing what certain people recommend is because there were comments they're saying like listen the nfl drug tests the olympics drug tests but there's people that are in this trailer who are purporting the benefits of vegan uh, diet who are on steroids yeah, 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 yeah just yeah. straight up like i'm not gonna say who because i don't I haven't done the research but the comments are saying look into this guy yeah thousand percent he's on trt he's on hgh he's on anabolic steroids yeah. his diet is vegan plus steroids. <laughs> plus steroids. And you know what? what? Do you think is if you do vegan plus steroids, you'll recover faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll feel high energy. Yeah. Whatever. You know, you might die younger. <laughs> and I thought that was interesting. It's like, yeah, you know what? Whoever made this movie isn't going to include that necessarily. If they do, I'll eat my words and I'll be stoked about it. Yeah. But my guess is that they're just going to tell you that he's on a vegan diet, which yeah. he is. Because yeah, yeah. what you inject doesn't count as this your diet. This comes down, and like I said, we're not perfect. We we manipulate. You know, I, I manipulated people to try to do charity water, and it's there's a limit to how effective you can be in the long term when you don't just let the truth stand for itself. Mm -hmm. When you try to get people to do things, even if they are good things, good things, there's – what is it? Runoff? I don't even know, but you – you're not actually getting well, the goal. I do think I'm going to give you – I'm going to say there's a gray area between good presentation and manipulation. I think you were in the middle because mm -hmm. what you're saying is you said do this because you'll feel good, not mm -hmm. do this to get them water. Yeah. But Scott Harrison, I think very smartly, realized that when you present about a charity, people would use the numbers, mm -hmm. faceless numbers. There's 100,000 people. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a million people. And the human brain Does not can't go above like yeah. 17. And so there's 100,000 people who don't have water. There's 9 million people yeah. that don't have water. It means nothing. And what he said was, forget all that. Tell one story. I'm going to tell you yeah. a story of a woman 
that is heartbreaking mm-hmm. and true. And that was effective, but I don't think that should count as this sort of negative manipulation. And I don't know where you draw a line between manipulation and persuasion. Mm-hmm. I think manipulation is a loaded word that shouldn't necessarily be negative. But I, I think we need to expand. I think we need to accept that manipulation is everything. not Wearing awful. makeup, yeah. Wearing makeup is, manipulation. is manipulative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Lifting weights is manipulative. Yes. So <laughs> I don't say this as a, as a negative thing. And I just want people to be clear. There's nothing wrong with, and I actually encourage good presentation in the name of being effective. And mm-hmm. I think Scott Harrison was well within his moral uh, integrity lines to go, instead of talking about 5 million people, I'm going to talk about this one woman and I'm going to make people cry because of how sad and tragic it is that she killed mm-hmm. herself due to lack of water and people donated 10 times more. Yeah. And that's just good presentation. And it's also manipulation. Well, one thing that I want to do is I think here's what you can do. You just try to state your bias. And so where we mm-hmm. could do this is be like, look, I want you to donate. Yeah. I made this video so that you will donate. Or if we're doing the sales thing, look, there's no special bonus today that's a secret. I just want you to buy today. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that is a pretty good way to cover, you know, here's what I think. This is a great course. I really want you to buy, and it's my business. <laughs> you know, you yeah. try, you try to and lay the bare. The reason it's my business is because it was the number one thing that changed my life. Yeah, yeah, and and I like money, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it earns me money. And I think when you try to, um, I, I, that I, that I think is good for us to do in in our calls to action, and we can consider that if we ever do a webinar, be like. There's no special reason to buy today, unless there is, unless we actually come up with one. No, the reason to buy today is because you think charisma is important, <laughs> yeah. and you want it in 30 days. And it's important today 30, it's, to do, because you, want you might not do now. it tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, But not because I can—there's nothing—I I don't want to lie and say that there's no, of something course. that is unique about today. I just want to tell the truth. So, do we have uh, stories today, Angel? Fan questions? F- anything today? Current events? Stories or— We've got a couple current events, and we've got some fan questions. All right, cool. Let's do it. Do you want to go into current events first? Yes. Borderlands 3 came out. <laughs> I, I haven't played a shooter in 10 years. I didn't know there was a Borderlands 1 or 2, and now I'm obsessed. <laughs> that's, that's story number one. That's current event number one. <laughs> Go ahead. So the first thing that I have here is PewDiePie is facing some backlash after canceling a $50,000 donation to an anti-hate group called uh, Anti-Defamation League. He announced it when he had his 100 million subscriber celebration video and then quickly pulled it back and decided he would be spending his money elsewhere why did he not donate to them well so he claimed that he was advised to donate to this group because of some things uh that he said in the past but after backlash from his fans and a conspiracy that he was being forced to do it (laughs) i i saw the conspiracy part where they're like they've got him (laughs) i think i think at the at the high level he did it as a PR move mm-hmm. was my sense. He did not pick the anti. He's not like I love what they do. He did not pick the anti-defamation charity because he's really against defamation. He did it because he thought it would be good for him as someone who's gotten in trouble for hate speech. Got it. And then got when it. his audience was like backlash on that, him, yeah, yeah, he couldn't stand on the platform of "You're wrong. This is a good cause." Got it. So he's like, "Well, if this was for PR, like then." Well, not even if this was. I, I'm my impression. I'm. I don't know him and I didn't research this a ton is that that kind of, you know, that was like a jab that got him to stop and think to why I actually and he went to this and he went, you're not wrong. Okay. He went, if I didn't have a YouTube channel and I just had my money, I wouldn't. And I wanted to give $50,000 to make a positive change in the world. 
This isn't where I, Felix, forget PewDiePie, I, Felix, would put it. Got it. And so he took it back. His direct quote was, he wants to donate to, or he, uh, yeah, he said, he wants to donate somewhere he feels actually passionate about. That was his quote. I have a couple thoughts. One, anti-hate, what is it called? Anti-defamation. No, 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 that's what it's called. What is it called? Anti-hate speech? Anti-hate? The article that I read called it an anti-hate charity. Great branding, first of all. Anti-defamation charity? Boring. Anti-hate charity? Who doesn't hate hate? So that's really smart. Second, he has so much money. I'm surprised he didn't just do the donation and then do more of a donation. Yeah. So that's that's the one interesting. It's like, all right, 50 grand, whatever. And then I'm going to give 200 grand to these other people. But well, might it's gone, his. Why, maybe well, maybe he doesn't like him. This, well, this <laughs> is my thing is at a high level, it is his money. Mm-hmm. He's not actually obligated to donate it anywhere. Who is backlashing him? I guess, you know what? People. Don't worry about it. Yeah, the people. same the same people who are people. Yeah, the people. The the the, the three Twitter comments yeah. that that are. But the I get. I totally honestly I get all sides. But I think at the end of the day, if you don't care about a cause, then you're going to give money to a cause you care about. I get his perspective. Yeah. And I I hope he donates it somewhere. I'm sure he will actually. Yeah. He's, I think he's, he's done been, a lot he's for been charity. Pretty generous. Yeah. The one thing that I thought was interesting is he, he has so much money. He could just fifty grand is nothing to him. He could just go okay fifty grand to these people. I'm not going to send it, but I'm going to go give. 400 grand to the stuff i do care about well i guess he, he must have felt it was important for whatever reason to not give them money whether it was to his fans or if it was he went i actually don't like these people and i don't want to do it i don't know well what's fascinating about the whole thing to me is that in the past this specific organization has spoken out about him publicly uh, when he had his controversy where, I don't know if you guys remember, yeah, I remember. he ordered on Fiverr. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he had some people hold up a sign with some offensive things, and Disney dropped him. This organization tweeted in support of Disney for dropping him for what he's did. Got it. I get it. I wouldn't donate to someone that was a dick to me. Yeah, neither would I. Here's the thing. I'm one, <laughs> and I'm going to give myself some credibility here. I'm anti-hate speech. I'm also Jewish. <laughs> so... I get to have an opinion on this according to 2019, right? <laughs> That's how it works. Is your identity? Hold this on. Guy, let me run it through the math checker. This guy, beep, 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 his beep, beep, joke was against Jews and I'm Jewish, <laughs> so I'm allowed to have an opinion, right? At the end of the day, no one has an obligation to donate to anything that they don't want to donate to. I think it's great that he does so much for charity. And yeah, donate to some, the cause you care about. Don't donate to someone because they were mean to you and you're just trying to get them off your back. Like That's, I get, yeah. I totally get his perspective. Yeah, I totally get it. I'm honestly a little surprised that he did it in the first place, just because I he normally is really good at at standing on 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 his guns, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever the expression is. Sticking to his guns. Sticking to his guns. So, yeah, I'm not upset by this. And as a Jew, I get to speak for just myself <laughs> and not all the Jews. But here we are. PewDiePie, come on our podcast. We'll talk about it. PewDiePie, I got your back, PewDiePie. <laughs> But the the number one thing I recognized was it's really smart of them to go and we're an anti-hate charity yeah. instead of we're an anti-defamation charity. It's good branding. Yeah. Uh, you got any thoughts on it? I don't know enough about it. Yeah, good. You're not allowed. Yeah. Because you're not a Jew. <laughs> yeah. Good. You saved yourself. Good. <laughs> it was a trap. <laughs> that was a trap. That was a trap. What's the Illuminati sign, by the way? Uh, upside down triangles. I don't know. <laughs> what, how do I? I what do we got? Uh. We also have that six people have now died to vaping-related vaping. dr- uh, lung illnesses in the United States, and 450 people have um, been diagnosed with some sort of lung issue around vaping. And Donald Trump spoke out about uh, e-cigarettes and said that he wants to move to ban flavored e-cigarettes to discourage young people and children from using them. Um, in New York, the governor, Andrew uh 
I don't know how to pronounce his name. Cuomo. Cuomo. <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Something like that. Uh, has actually is actually also moving to ban flavored e-cigarettes in New York. Interesting. I, I've heard you've heard both sides of this. So my this is totally separate. But my friend who, his, I just want to know his, where the money is. That's is, all. Just well, follow the money. It's in cigarettes. The money's in cigarettes. Well, why wouldn't cigarettes? Here's the just. Just, just just purchase all of these things. Like so, all say say that you run Philip Morris. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just buy Jewel? And cause, mm. so so I I do I don't know that it's that simple. Because if I ran Philip Morris, I would own Jewel yeah, right yeah. now, and I would definitely be lobbying to keep flavored things in the hands of seven year olds. Like if presuming that that that's my well my so again I was saying my buddy's schema my buddy's family has a lot of doctors in it or whatever, and he told me even separate before all this shenanigans came out. He said that his family member, who's a doctor, told him if you ever think about vaping, just smoke a pack of cigarettes instead. Really? So I don't know that I don't, and I've heard I've heard this years ago actually, that we just don't know what this does, and so people are saying, oh, this is good, this is whatever, and it puts liquid in your lungs where yeah. liquid's not supposed to be, and it puts oils in your lungs, and then you get popcorn lung. Yeah. And we just did this thing, not knowing what it was. It's not super studied, and so yeah, of course there's a chance it's going to be terrible for you. It might even give you cancer. right so i don't i don't know i what i have heard is that my mom works in a school and she said that some of the branding on cigarettes has worked in the sense that we've we've made it less cool to smoke cigarettes Mm. than it was 30 years ago Mm. vaping on the other hand is cool is it it's cooler amongst kids it's for little kids who have a very different understanding of the world yeah and I can, I don't know. I, I really t- actually, you know, it's funny. A lot of my friends do vape. Now that I think about it. Yeah. So cigarettes are less cool and a little bit more socially ostracized. Well, cigarettes are also, you know, and this is an interesting thing. I wonder if this is related. And they to don't their, smell good. Somebody dude, smokes. that's what I was just going to say. I wonder if this is the rise dude, to success. Secondhand, get away from me. When someone is smoking yeah. cigarettes at a club or in an outdoor bar, you're just like, I don't want this. When yeah. someone's smoking a vape, you're kind of like, I don't mind. I shouldn't inhale this because that means it's getting in it's my an body. Air freshener, but it smells nice. Yeah, yeah. So, what do I think? Probably don't smoke either of them as a person and as a government. Smoke toad venom instead. Yeah, toad venom is real good for you. But there's no way that's bad <laughs> for you. No way. There's no way five meo DMT could possibly be bad. Uh, I don't. I have no policy. The thing I think is most this. fascinating is what is and is not allowed to be legal so we're gonna leave why gonna is make, this i'm dude, shocked this is, this is an issue so we're gonna make vapes illegal because they're bad for you yeah but we're not gonna make cigarettes illegal but they're bad for you yeah and we're gonna make psilocybin illegal yeah because it's bad uh, for you yeah but our drunk driving laws are gonna be the loosest of any country in the world yeah but drunk driving is bad for you well imagine a world where you look at what you could and of course then you could fight over the statistics but generally speaking a pie chart of premature deaths in the United States of America. And you looked at how many And you looked at the driving. biggest piece of the pie chart and you said, what can we do here? Yeah. And then after you did that, you said here and here. And we all just agreed, whatever comes back is the most important yeah. thing for us to legislate, work on. Our, and, and maybe we can't agree on the solutions, but that's where the attention should yeah. go. It wouldn't be vapes. I don't think it would be vapes. No, it definitely would. I don't think it would be vapes. And it's, I looked at it, a lot of it, if you look it's it's heart disease, diabetes, yeah. yada yada yada. It's like sugar, 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 trans fat, <laughs> soda. Oh, they're actually Coca-Cola. working. They're actually working on making certain things illegal in food, but mm-hmm. they get like a ten year runway. They ban certain fats for yeah. just being too terrible for yeah, your yeah. heart because they look at the pie chart. They go, 
These are killing yeah. everyone. And then it takes like 10 years before food companies are forced to remove them because mm -hmm. it's, but it's in our process. We, oh, you can't do that to us. We're corporations. Yeah. So it's so fascinating. It would be nice if we could, add, I th and I think this could, would never happen, but as a thought experiment, it's nice to think about for a number of, of different issues that people don't agree on, to agree on a process yeah. that says, in terms of, you know, forget what we're going to do with, with uh, guns. We're going to look at the pie chart. Yeah. Right? We're going to start at the top and we're going to work our way down. I'm not going to even tell you what the labels yeah, are. Yeah. I'm just going to make a pie chart. You're not chart, allowed. No, you're explicitly called, not allowed to know. It's called number <laughs> of things that kill people and mm -hmm. the number of things that kill people that aren't you. Because mm -hmm. I actually personally would rather, if people want to do, mm -hmm. let's say there's a drug that absolutely kills yeah, you in sure. 10 years, but it doesn't hurt anyone else. Yeah. And you're we allowed could, to die 10 and years we, from now. And again, we could agree on that process. We, you, I could say, no, let's do things that kill people. You go, no, no, no. People should be allowed to kill themselves. Let's let's look at the pie chart of... People that kill other people. Yes. Things that kill other people. Sure. And, and we agree on the pie chart. And then we go, cool. That's the pie chart we're going to do. <laughs> they'd, they'd make it, hopefully with good data. They wouldn't well, label anything. Then, then, then that would be where the fight oh, was. Yeah, would, oh, yeah. You'd would fight be, hard. Would, would be in the statistics. Cigarettes didn't kill that person. Uh, yeah, lung cancer did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Devil in the details for sure. But it's an interesting idea and one that i have not seen vaping on i looked at the top 10 causes of death and like i said there's a lot of food related no no it's, it's just diet amazing related it's amazing that oh yeah there's very little policing of how much sugar or chemicals we can eat and i'm not saying to make alcohol illegal but certainly in terms of hurting other people it's higher on the list than like mdma so this is i guess the the bigger thing why is this an issue i think i think oftentimes why, it, why are we being fed that why do we care bad? about vaping yeah at all and I'm not saying that it, it might be awful. Vaping might be, I have no idea. It might be a negative 10 out of 10 in terms of badness. But in terms of scale, I don't think it's anywhere near that. And what's it, the, the Why thing that I- Why are we being fed by the, the thing, news to the focus thing that on I, vaping? The thing that I try to do with the news is to not accept the argument in the form sure. that it's given and step back and go, why this argument? Mm -hmm. Why are we hearing about this now? And what are we not hearing about? Yeah, again, yeah. It always the answer is always consumerism. The answer is always- buy <laughs> right uh but yeah i'm not convinced that this is where we should be spending collective attention uh, i'm almost positive it's not don't vape and don't smoke if you can help it don't drink and drive don't drink and drive try to avoid sugars try to avoid sugars yeah and uh I, the one thing that i can imagine is is tricky and this is one of the reasons that i'm not i don't want to have kids is man having a Kids can be really dumb, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. They. I remember what it was like to think, not even think, because people are like, you think you're invincible. It's like, no, that's not a thought I have. I just doesn't occur to me that yeah. anything could go wrong. I don't think I'm invincible. To be clear, that was that was <laughs> me until like 28. Yeah, I just, the, the, the <laughs> I idea never grew, of I a never future of that. that I could mess up cannot enter this brain. Yeah. <laughs> it's invincibility, that's that's not what's no, happening here. No, my mom said I was full I was a full meathead at some yeah. point in college. I, yeah. I drank like 18 beers in a yeah. day. And my mom was like that's really bad for you. I was like what could be bad for me? Future. I'm invincible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? I can't be hurt. I can't get sick. When yeah. I do get sick, it's a fluke. It has nothing to do with my binge yeah. drinking. According to my brain. It's just well it's tough then to have some 13-year-old who's got three friends and two of them start vaping and then it's like, "Oh man, how do I get through to these kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, no, having kids sounds like literally the most stressful thing you could yeah, possibly do. Yeah, that's and I, I guess I understand from a parental standpoint where it's like, please, somebody help me police my child. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I, uh, this I tastes have, like cotton candy. Yeah, and I just want it to taste like tobacco. Yeah, yeah. 
But anyway, what else we got? All right, let's do fan questions. Okay, so the first one is short but sweet. Uh, Devum asks, how do you let go of managing other people's opinions of you? Hmm. It's a great question that I'm definitely not an expert at. We just talked. I mean, that's kind of what we were just talking about. So, okay, I will give you a couple of thoughts. I don't know that I have the a complete system for this, but one that I've mentioned that, that has helped me, at least online, is knowing your metrics. And the metric online you can count down votes you can count hate mm-hmm. comments and p- most people without defining a metric will count negative responses to mm-hmm. them what you need to do is proactively define your metric of what you're going to count and that can be close friends that can be the opinion of a few people in your life plus family and then you can even weigh public opinion as a one pointer against your closest friend or whatever it is but you do need to define who matters, who gets a vote, or what gets a vote. Because the world is so big and the human brain is so apt to grab the negative one voice out of a sea of positivity that you will just try to define your life based on where you're told not to go. Now, this is still, I mean, I recognize this. You're still managing the opinions of others, but now you're managing fewer people. I think that's important is to, is to decrease that circle and do one with yourself. Second thing I would say, and Ben mentioned this, is to read Six Pillars of Self-Esteem because just a lot of the exercises in there get you in touch with yourself. And if I had to say, if there's a third thing, well, I'll let you go. I'm I'm still kind of formulating. Give me the question again. How do you let go of managing other people's expectations? Opinions or expectations? Opinions. Opinions. How do you let go of managing other people's opinions? This is tough. Let me think about my own life. There's areas I've been excellent at. Mm-hmm. I wanted to become an entrepreneur. Everyone told me I was stupid, and I was very happy to just do it anyway. And then there's other areas I'm terrible at, like people having negative opinions about you as a person based on some random snippet online. Mm-hmm. So what is the difference there? Why was I able to let go of people's opinions when it came to leaving my job? Why was I able to eschew that? I, think- I guess... So go ahead. Well, I, certainly we did it together. I, I think it would have been considerably harder if you did it by yourself. Mm-hmm. So having, again, a small circle of people who matter helps. Actually, you know what I would say? And this is, you kind of said this, but define whose opinion you think is worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Mentors, family, friends. I don't think you just want to become the kind of person who goes, everyone is wrong and I'm yeah. right. Everyone says I'm a dick because they don't understand me. There's this weird lack of self-perception there, right? But you don't want to... There's a great quote that says, don't follow the advice from someone who's not living the life you want to live. And I think that can apply beyond advice. So don't... You don't want, you don't want to care about the opinion of someone who shouldn't have value in your brain. But the question is, how do you do that? I'm not really sure. What helped me was having, in that particular instance, a carrot of what I wanted. You know, I had a clear dream of entrepreneurship and what it looked like. Mm-hmm. So it kind of depends if what you're talking about is being popular or doing something counterculture. When it came to doing something counterculture, open relationships, starting a business, what really helped me to go, I respect that that's the opinion of 98% of people, but I'm going to do my own thing, was having a really clear North Star, a really clear vision of the future I wanted so that I could hear the feedback of people who I loved who were telling me, don't quit your job, or you're crazy if you think that people will date you non-monogamously. Yeah, yeah. Just go, you know what? 
respect that that's how you feel. I'm going to give it a try because I feel very strongly that this will make me happy. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, having a clear dream is really helpful. I guess the part I still struggle with managing other people's opinions is just this general sense of judgment or of being good mm-hmm. versus bad. Well, I think that it, it the areas where you struggle the most are the areas where you are anyone is the most insecure and that mm-hmm. normally comes from however you were raised so you i don't know for whatever reason entrepreneurship was something that you're like i was positive i, I would succeed yeah is the other thing uh, with entrepreneurship and you're less positive that you are good mm-hmm. in in a uh, existential way uh isn't that human nature according to tony robbins we all fear that we're not good enough and we mm-hmm. all fear that because we're not good enough we won't be loved yeah yeah that is the human condition so this is a tough question in that you asked a very broad one, and hopefully we've given you a handful of things. The last thing that I would add into this is because we often think of these online. The truth is, in our own lives, we've done a pretty good job of carving our own path. Where we get the most negative feedback is on the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one in my life has ever been as mean as, as internet comments could possibly be. Nope. So that's where I that's where my brain goes to. I don't know that that. Yeah, it's a sh- I wish I knew. What, I wish I knew the context. Yeah, if actually, really, and, and much like, more g- give to... us a bit more context um, in questions generally. It'll help a lot. But the last thing that I'll say is, yeah, if I knew this was how to manage the opinions of others when quitting your job, I could give you a much different and more useful answer. Sure. Because I don't know if you're talking about dating or work. Yep. Or general social media bullying. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the question is. So this may or may not apply to you, but what uh, controlling your environment is very important. So we, we mentioned defining who matters. It's also limiting access of people who don't. So if you're finding that you're managing expectations based on uh, being on Instagram or, or being on some other social media app, you got to delete it. You got to get off of that thing. If, if I find, for instance, in my life that comments are negatively impacting and really steering the direction that I'm making these videos in order to try to appease some small group of people who didn't like the last one, I have to stop reading the mm. comments. I have to put up actual physical blocks so it can't even enter into my world. I got a charisma angle on this actually too. Sure. So what this question might be asking, again, I'm just guessing, how do you manage caring about other people's opinions? I know a lot of people that are scared to go up and talk to people. Mm. They're afraid to approach people at bars. Yeah, we might bars. be answering this. In the well, they're, they're afraid to approach people at bars. <laughs> they're afraid to go to networking events and talk. They're, they are afraid to talk to strangers for fear that they won't like them. To which I would say, some of them will not. Yeah. And the most, the people with the most success in talking to people have had the most failures. And so if this is an area like that, experiencing failure can be really helpful. So you're like, how do I manage people's opinions? I don't want other people to not like me. If you just go up and make a terrible impression and survive it, that can often be the best thing for you because you go, can't go worse than that. Yeah, sure. And And it gives you a little bit of a social invincibility and I always say, people ask questions, how do I do this in college? I'm like, don't do it on campus. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere that's not a closed social network and start making conversation with strangers in an area where you can bomb a hundred times without worrying about your reputation. Yeah. And that will give you social courage. So again, if this is a charisma, I really don't know what we're asking, but if it's a charisma question of how do I be at a party or be at a networking event and not worry about what all these people are thinking, Go somewhere where they, you can afford to fail and then go fail a bunch and then realize you've survived and that will actually empower you greatly. Sure. Yeah, let's, let's wrap with that. And, and you can even do that in your head. You can imagine the worst case scenario. Take a deep breath. Everyone hates you. Okay. Well, anything less than that <laughs> is a win. So that's, that's sorry that that was scattered. I think it's it's a slightly a symptom of the, the 
the breadth of the question. So narrow them down. If you guys have yeah, yeah. more questions, give us some context. Go ahead. So YouTube user shoot at square uh, asks, I am a 22 year old dude and I've started dating a girl in the last couple of weeks. It's going very well. We're texting every day and connecting, etc. Yes. My concern is how slow things are moving. More specifically, we haven't kissed yet. At the end of both of our organized dates, she'd quickly go for a hug and leave. Mm. It's not a problem I've had before. And she definitely likes me a lot and seems interested in having a relationship. I wanted to ask you guys uh, how to get things moving on as I don't want to... <laughs> oh no Siri's talking to me sorry I'm not sure I understand how do I get things moving on I'm not sure I understand sorry <laughs> explain what you mean by moving on Siri, Siri <laughs> thought she had an opinion on this okay uh, I wanted to ask you guys how to get things moving on more as I don't want to I don't oh as I don't want the sexual I'm sorry I wanted to ask you guys how to get things moving more as I don't want the spark or the sexual tension to dissipate mm -hmm. okay uh, I got two. I got two disparate thoughts on this. Go for it. So one, you talk about how at the I, based on your question, I'm making a guess. You talk about how at the end of dates, there's a quick hug and then she leaves, which makes me think that you think the date should ha have a kiss at the end. Yeah. I often find that the best dates, it's not that you have this date with no physical contact and then at the end you kiss. I think a lot of times these dates have you don't touch. There's this physical barrier that never gets even close to being, um, I guess, influenced. And then there's this, this we've never touched and I want to lean in for this leap. And so I think you'd be better off if you just were touching throughout the whole date to the level that she's comfortable with. So if she doesn't want to kiss you because she's not comfortable with it, is she comfortable with holding hands? Is she comfortable with having your arm around her? I, any date I've ever been on where I kissed the person, I had my arm around them at some point before the date. Mm -hmm. We were holding hands while we walked. Even a first date. I've known this person for an hour. We go for a walk from one bar to another. I'll put my arm around her for a brief second or when I laugh, I'll touch her. So there's there's that aspect of are you helping to create this physical force field and then she feels uncomfortable at the end of the date because you guys haven't touched it all. Yeah. And so she likes you, but it's like not comfortable with your physical contact. So she doesn't want to be leapt at. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. The other possibility is that there's a million things happening in her yeah, life yeah. or that have happened in her life that I don't know that you don't know. Yeah. And so what I would suggest is to talk to her. This is what I was thinking. And yeah. so... In general, on dates, my advice is try to, you know, get used to touching each other in non-sexual ways, holding hands, high-fiving, shoulder touches. But with this person who you like, who likes you, maybe she's got trauma. Yeah. Maybe there's religious reasons. Yeah. Maybe she just feels weird. Maybe, maybe she's she been waiting for you. Maybe yeah, who knows? You're, maybe, <laughs> you're, maybe there's a million things. Yeah. So I would say just talk to her. Yeah, and, and, and the way to do that is, and this is easier said than done, especially the first time, it's a non-needy yep. conversation yeah, no expectations you're not demanding a kiss you're no. not upset you're literally just and you don't care it, which way it breaks it could down. go like this you don't need to copy my words but this is the attitude that uh, that you should tap into is hey this is uh this might be totally random to bring up now but i wanted to ask you because it's strange for me we've been dating for a couple of weeks and we've never kissed that's not what i'm used to and I just wanted to talk to you to be to see if there's something that you're uncomfortable with, or if that's weird for you as well, and just just talk about it. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do a little charisma breakdown on Charlie yeah. here. So two things that were really good there, and take this mindset more than the exact words. But he acknowledged that it was weird. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people they're like, how do I broach this conversation? It makes me feel uncomfortable. You say, hey, I don't know how to broach this conversation. It. it makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But whatever you feel, so just mm -hmm. tap into your feelings. 
and then you caveat you start by saying how you feel and acknowledging it rather than we just made a video on awkwardness things get awkward when you when you hide that yeah and so that would be my first thing the second thing he did just now is he spoke about himself so you wouldn't come in and you'd say hey i know this is totally random but we haven't kissed in three dates and that's weird that's not right you're supposed to kiss if you're dating mm -hmm. that would be terrible and you would deserve a bad reaction he said i know this is totally random but we haven't kissed and for me that's unusual so he's just talking about himself and he's saying i have this question because to me i'm not used to this so help me understand why this is happening and i think those are two very helpful ways to ever have a conversation that's difficult or awkward is you kind of acknowledge what's happening and and bring it to the forefront that it's random and then you just talk about yourself mm -hmm. you say hey I, I was wondering what's going on mm -hmm. and you don't put any judgment on the person about what's supposed to happen or or what they're doing is wrong and you could even i this is so it's this is a a i it was only after i turned probably 29 or 30 that i could do this comfortably because prior to that, it was all about being attractive. It was all about saying the right thing. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing is when you get into the mentality of non-neediness, you can't say the wrong well, thing. Well, you would be – and again, I'm, this is a very hard thing. But you would be willing to have the conversation go bad and have her do, say – I'd be like, do you want to kiss me or not? No, <laughs> like, or like, like should we – like, are we friends? <laughs> yeah, are you yeah, more yeah. This is what you would do. I'd be just curious. Like, yeah, there's no skin off my back. I'm yeah. totally fine. And the, I think in, with dating, you feel this way. You're totally fine. You don't yeah. particularly care. One and way what another. that allows me to do is all of the things that we talk about on the channel. I can bring levity into it. I can bring it all. But it all comes from this non-needy. Non, I, I don't have to make this situation go any way. Sure. And so I'm just coming, trying to uncover you're not what's trying happening. To manipulate her into kissing you. Yes. You're trying to understand what's, what's going on because I'm confused. What's going on yeah. in the relationship between you and in her head? What's unspoken? Yeah. That mindset will have the best possible conversation. And mm -hmm. the best possible conversation is an honest one. It's not yeah. one that leads to you having sex right then and there. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's I think, p one potential problem I see a lot is the lack of touching during the date, and then this weird physical barrier appears. The talking, the end of the day, the talking will take it over. Yeah. You'll do it, and it'll work, and you guys will, you know, have a You'll have an honest understanding. she'll be like, ah, I'm not feeling it, or she'll be like, hey, two more, whatever. <laughs> like, You'll have an honest understanding. Yes, you, you, won't, you will be asking her who is the best person to ask <laughs> rather yeah. than us. So what else do we got? Dave says, so I started Dave? a new job, but I'm about 10 years younger than most of my coworkers. I read this one, yeah. And they're predominantly female. <clears throat> I've proven to them that though I'm still, or I've proven to them that though I'm young, I still get the job done and I'm not totally clueless, but they still don't really take me seriously. I have to get called things playfully, not rudely, like man, child and baby. I don't really care, but it's evident that I'm not taken seriously. How do I make them take me more seriously without being rude? I did, when I read this, I thought, can you imagine this in the reverse with some 29-year-old woman guy calling some 22-year-old girl baby <laughs> in the workplace? Whatever, bro, you're a man. <laughs> I was like, that would be that would be trouble. So That's not what equal rights means, dude. <laughs> Shut up. Do you have any, do you have any reaction? Um, I mean, the one thing, kudos to you, man. You got a job where people are 10 years older than you. Yeah. I think... The truth is that's going to lead – you are the least experienced, and I don't know to the degree you're being disrespected mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to minimize, but d genders aside, if I had a 22-year-old employee, I also would weight my own business opinions higher than theirs because I would have been working for 11 yeah, years yeah, yeah. and they've been working for one year. So I don't know. It's possible that actually well, – I think it's the names that are that – are Well, I don't know because what he says is he wants to be taken seriously. Ah, uh, got it. You know? Correct me if I'm wrong, Angel. From what I heard, it's not – 
He said, I don't mind the names. I just want to be taken seriously. Okay. What I'm saying is if it were all men, you could still have a nickname. Yeah. And if it were all men, you definitely still wouldn't get the same clout as the guy that had been there for 11 years. So just for your own sake, I know when you are 22 and you, you, you are smart and you think you deserve a seat at the table, it should be a smaller, it should be a high chair. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not because of your gender. It's because you've been working for a year and they've been working for 11 years. So that's my first thought. I don't know what yours is. Well, my, I, I actually maybe heard the question wrong or just what I focused on was the names. And with regard to the names, one of the best ways to get people to stop doing something is to not is to just un, is to not react meaning don't respond to these names like they call you something keep walking give no no feedback it's not positive feedback it's not negative feedback it's no feedback to that uh, and if it is brought up, you go, why aren't you listening? Be like, I don't really like those names. Like, don't the the less you give, but don't, but only do that if you dislike the name. If yeah. you truly, I mean, again, yeah, I don't, don't know what your how much I, of this I, is I focused how you, on the names. I don't know how much this is how you really feel. But if you truly don't care about the names, then I wouldn't do that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, certainly, I know that people in the workplace have had nicknames. Mm-hmm. If so, it's the names that bother you, or any name, generally speaking not feeding it is by the way the best way to get taken seriously at work i think is to have excellent results and do excellent work Mm -hmm. you know you again you're 22 does it say how long he's been working there um uh no it doesn't say so life is long i don't know how long you plan to work there but if you if you just crush it if you put in great work or do deliver excellent results in a way that's tangible and measurable even if they give you nicknames you can't help but earn respect there now some jobs are not quantifiable if you're in sales, it's going to become very obvious who's mm-hmm. good and who's bad. I don't know what you're doing. Maybe it's an artistic job and that's harder. But I think in general, crushing it is the number one way to get respect at the office. And I can think of examples from my work experience where guys crushed it. And after one or two times, you realize it's not a fluke. And then the person gets a seat at the table despite their age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. That's been a long podcast. Have a good day, everyone. If you want to, thanks donate, for watching. Thanks for listening. If you want to donate? Link in the description to Charity Water. Thirty dollars gets someone water for ten years. So either way, though, thanks for watching. Thank thanks you. Listening. Peace. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.